Radio.com Sports presents Bet Sweats with Joe Ostrowski, breaking down the latest in sports betting. Throughout the NFL playoffs, we've been dissecting uh, the brain of Matt Bowen. He's been telling us everything that he thinks about the playoff matchups. This week, no different with Championship Sunday on the horizon. This is Betsweats, Joe Ostrowski, and Ross Tucker here at Matt Bowen at Matt Bowen 41. You see him on NFL Matchup on ESPN. You read him, ESPN.com. Uh, all his breakdowns of these games. And Matt, before we, we uh, dive into these matchups, over the last 24 hours, a lot of talk about Philip Rivers. Is he going to the Hall of Fame? A lot of debate about that. Well, he, he never won the big one, and well, Eli's got a couple. And, and of course, with Breeze on the way out, not official yet, but uh, we know he's going right to the broadcast booth. Guys like Breeze, Rivers, Big Ben once he retires, Eli, we, we can debate it, but in the end, uh, this era with the quarterback play, aren't like all of these guys going to go in eventually? Uh, I think they are, Joe, uh, and especially that group of quarterbacks because look where they started. Now, obviously, football has changed so much. It's changed a lot since Ross and I played in terms of the volume of the passing game and the rules that have shifted that really hurt defensive players, in my opinion, and how to defend the passing game. But I think Rivers gets in. I think Eli gets in. Big Ben, he will get in. You know, Phil Rivers has the numbers. I've always said about the Hall of Fame, it's also about longevity, too. You know, how long can you produce consistently over a long period of time? And Phil Rivers did it for, what, 17 years? So uh, I do think Phil Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I know he didn't win a championship. But you have to look at the numbers, the position he played, the longevity, the accountability, the ability to play hurt. Um, and you just look at the tape, too. Uh, you know, too often we forget about how talented Phil Rivers is, how great he is at the line of scrimmage. And Phil Rivers doesn't have elite traits like Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers, but he played the game a different way. You know, we're going to get in the same discussion with Drew Brees. You know, I played against Drew back at, when it was Iowa Purdue and in the NFL. You know, Drew Brees never had the arm talent to drive the ball consistently down the field vertically, but he was so smart, maybe the most accurate quarterback we've ever seen and how each player is, is different individual and how they attack opposing defenses. Matt, I'm curious. I'm going to ask both you guys this question because I, I posed this on Twitter. Matt, you got the perspective of a former player. Joe, you obviously have the perspective of being in Chicago. <laughs> right now, okay, let's say you could have Phillip Rivers' career as the Bears quarterback, Joe, for the next 17 years. Never misses a start. You win a lot. You have a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback play. You get a bunch of playoff games. But the caveat is you never win the Super Bowl. Or door number two, which is whatever else the Bears can come up with. <laughs> you taking that? You taking that? I'll ask you first, Joe. You taking that, Joe? Because I think I know what Matt will say, but you taking that, Joe? No, I'm not taking that i'm not uh i i believe at some point bears brass will realize that you need a quarterback to win this league and even if you mess it up the second you realize you mess it up like that's why i give credit to the cardinals okay rosen ain't it let's get the next guy we'll, we'll try Carl kyler and see if this is going to work no i'm not going to take that because i'm hoping that at some point they'll realize that it's not the 40s 50s 60s 70s and 80s and it's not about winning with defense and and run game and linebackers anymore how about how about you matt no, I want the championship. I'll be yeah. honest. I want the championship. That I tell people all the time. I didn't. I didn't play on championship teams in the NFL. 
and it still bothers me. I'm not going to lie. It still bothers me that I never played for a championship. That's what I wanted more than anything was to have that opportunity. I played in very good football teams in the NFL um, at different stops along the way. You know, I was a journeyman guy. I played for a lot of teams. Um, but even just to, just to be a special teams guy on a Super Bowl stage and have that opportunity. You know, I don't have regrets as a player, Ross. I'm, I'm sure you don't either. But that's the one thing I wish I, I could have had an opportunity. I wanted to play for that title. Totally understand, and most fans feel the same way. I would take Rivers. I, I played on really? a lot of bad teams. I played on a lot of bad teams. I played on a lot of teams that had bad quarterbacks. Like, let's say I was a rookie O-lineman. I would, I would take that if I could be there for 15 years with a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback who, by the way, gets rid of the ball crazy quick, so I get a couple contract extensions because <laughs> I don't give up any sacks. I, I, I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. I got to ask you, Matt, before we get even more into the conference championship games, two guys um, that lost this past weekend I want your opinion on. One is Jared Goff because McVay made it sound like, you know, he's very much up in the air what he's going to do at the quarterback position. Yeah. uh, Look, Jared Goff is a timing and rhythm pocket thrower. You know, he doesn't have high-end movement traits. He doesn't have high-on-arm talent. But in that system – with Sean McVay, you can scheme or define throws for him. And when he has time and when he is in that rhythm, we've seen him consistently during his time with Sean McVay put up big-time numbers. The issue with Jared Goff becomes when he can't play in rhythm, when he has to play off schedule or use that second reaction ability. Then you see that he struggles to play outside of structure. And when we start talking about the modern NFL, I think you need movement traits at that position. Now, obviously, Tom Brady is different. Tom Brady's movement traits are inside the pocket, and he has mastered that pocket. But that's another area where Jared Goff still has to improve. When he has to, what I, I use the term reset his throwing window. When you have pressure at your feet and you have to slide, step up, reset that throwing window, he still struggles at times and is limited in those situations. So I don't know if he's going to be the starting quarterback next year for the Los Angeles Rams. Does he fit the system? Yes. Can Sean McVay scheme up? 100%. We've seen it over time, but there are some limitations to his game. Matt, let's start uh, with the NFC side, since the Packers did take down uh, the, the Rams here. And Bucks and Packers met back in Week 6, Rodgers' worst game of the year. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about, I feel like, on a weekly basis about how Todd Bowles is going to send his guys. Well, he did it that day. They blitzed a season-high 21 times. They were very, very successful as they beat Green Bay 38-10. to I don't know how much you look at this, Matt, this uh, Week 6 result, when um, considering what we're going to see on Sunday. But do you expect a repeat out of bowls with so much blitzing? Well, I think the tape does matter, Joe. Uh, I don't think you can pretend the game didn't happen. Even though it was a long time ago, the teams obviously are different. You know, Tampa has a different offensive identity. There's a lot of things you can look at from that game and say, well, we might not see as much. But what you hit on is important. Todd Bowles, and especially the blitz rate on third down, Joe, I think it was over 56%. And they sent everything at him. Zone pressure, simulated pressure, zero-man pressure. And they say, you know what, we're not going to put a safety in the middle of the field. We're going to add extra rushers and get after Aaron Rodgers and try to heat up that pocket. I don't think that Tampa's suddenly going to say, look, we're just going to play coverage. You know, they are going to play coverage at times, but that's that's a pressure defense. Their blitz rate during the regular season was over, you know, I want to say top five in the National Football League. So they are who they are. Their defensive identity is the pressure. It's more important to me when you pressure. I use the term situational pressure. When are we going to go after Rodgers? Is it in third and two to six 
Is it in third and seven to ten? Or do we play coverage in third and seven to ten and blitz in third to two to six? I think that's really the matchup of this game. But in terms of pressure, I, I fully expect Todd Bowles to dial up heat. What about on the other side, Matt, when, when the Bucks have the football, what intrigues you there? I think it's Tom Brady and the ability to scheme second-level throwing windows for him. Uh, we've talked about that a couple times here over the last you know month during the playoffs where Tom Brady's at his best when he can hit that back foot, find that second-level window. I use the term high-low stretch. You know, you get a guy releasing underneath, you, you drag a player across the field on a deep cross or deep over, and you put Tom in a position where he's at his best. He's throwing on time. He's anticipating the window. He's winning with ball location. As we've seen over the course of the last you know, six weeks, his arm talent has jumped on tape. Now, they will scheme verticals like everyone else in the National Football League. That's what they do. The question is, what do they get from Green Bay, Ross? You know, back in the week six game, Green Bay was a little bit more man-heavy. You know, they're really a zone-based defense. They're not a pressure-based defense. The matchup there, Ross, that I want to see to impact Tom Brady, like we talked about when you get people at his feet, is when they put Zedaria Smith inside, Ross, they stand him up like a three-technique defensive tackle. And I think that's the matchup they have to win. It's got to be Zedaria Smith working against those interior guards. And will Mike Pettin, their defensive coordinator, who hasn't done this a lot this year, but will he play more inside games, twists and stunts, to try to manipulate that protection and get a free runner at Tom Brady? Because they have guys in the edge with Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. Now you're looking at the inside, Kenny Clark, Zedaria Smith, that's where I think you got to scheme those pass rush matchups. Because when you do that, now you can play cover two. You can play quarters. You can play cover three. Whatever you want to play in the back end if you're getting people at the feet of Brady. Matt, since uh, week 13, the Packers defense has allowed more than 20 points once. Mm-hmm. Once. Uh, what's been the difference there? And has it been more opponent or have they changed things up? I think opponent has to weigh into that, obviously, who they're playing. Um, but – I think, one, they're getting more ball production in the secondary. Guys like Darnell Savage, um, young safety out of Maryland. I really liked him throughout the draft process. You know, he had an injury his rookie season. Anytime you're hurt as a rookie, you don't develop at the same rate. You're seeing it now, though. He's got great range. He can close in the football, gets his hands in the football. Alexander at corner is one of my favorite players in the league. I mean, if I'm a defensive back coach, I want to coach guys like this. I mean, you talk about competitive traits, man coverage ability. The ability to jam in the flat and sink as a zone defender. The ability to see the football before it's thrown. Adrian Amos gives you a physical presence in the middle of the field. I really look at that secondary, Joe. And I think what they're doing defensively, not so much in scheme. It's more about play style and play speed and game speed. Guys breaking the football, I think that's made a major difference for that defense. I want to talk about Jair Alexander and how they use him, Matt. We were talking prop bets earlier. He's obviously a tremendous player, but correct me if I'm wrong, this is not a Marshawn Lattimore travel around situation, correct? No, it is not. You know, like They're more zone heavy. Um, they're going to play a lot of split safety, so that's quarters and cover two. But in quarters, you have to think about it that way because we might get to that with Devontae Adams versus Carlton Davis from Tampa. In quarters coverage, if you're an outside corner and your safety is occupied inside by a tight end release or a number two slot release, you're by yourself. I mean, it's still, it's almost like matchup man. I always say that for quarters technique. You can play press, you can play off and pedal, keep your shoulders square, but you have that outside quarter of the zone. And really when the you know, wide receiver gets down the field, and remember this, all routes outside of go routes really break between 12 and 15 yards. 
In that area, that 12 to 15 yard area, you're basically a matchup corner. So Dave uh, Alexander will see situations where it looks like he's playing man coverage that might just be playing quarters, but he'll have matchups on the outside. There's no question about it. Why don't you uh, go ahead with Devontae there? Because, uh, you know, even last week, there, there was a lot of talk throughout the week. Oh, Jalen right. Ramsey's going to lock him down. He's going to lock him down. That's not how the Rams played it. And, uh, you know, Adams didn't have one of his biggest games of the year, but he but he got his. Right. And that's a, it's a great point, Joe, because last week, if you look at the Tampa defense, very man heavy, right? Well, that's because of the, the opponent they're playing. Uh, you know, New Orleans doesn't have explosive, explosive plate makers in terms of, vertical stretch ability and we know at this stage drew Brees dealing with injuries he's not going to drive the ball down the field consistently that's not the case this week we know that with aaron Rodgers, he can he can test you at all three levels of the field whenever he wants to so how much man will they really play that's the question i have how much man will they really play but they will play some we understand that now like we talked about with alexander they are a quarters based defense but when they do play man i think the matchup there is carlton davis versus Devontae adams and I understand what Davis says. He's a long, physical press corner. You know, he has to get hands on you at the line of scrimmage. I don't think he has elite recovery speed to match Dave, to match Adams if Adams wins at the line of scrimmage. And that's where Devontae Adams is at his best. He's the best in the National Football League. He's the best I've seen in 10 years, really, at getting off the line of scrimmage versus press coverage and versus man coverage. He knows how to stack people. He's got sudden ability, the ability to separate body control and strong hands at the catch point. And that's a matchup – I would go to early if I was Aaron Rodgers and try to get an explosive play there. Matt, let's get to the AFC game a little bit. Um, it feels like the Bills defense played much better against the Ravens than they did against the Colts. No, they did. They did. And they had, a you know, uh, I thought a very good game plan from Leslie Frazier, especially in passing situations. Now, they went after Lamar with a lot of edge pressure. And the reason you do that is because Lamar has dynamic playmaking ability when he gets into space. So you don't want to let him get outside the pocket. They did a great job of keeping him in the pocket. Um, and they did well against the run game, Ross. And that's a tough run game to defend. You know, all that counter movement, the guard and tackle pulling, the misdirection, the jet, a lot of stuff going on there. Now, you go back to the week six game. And again, you, you can't pretend the game didn't happen. They ran inside zone all day, Ross, near Kansas City. They were moving people off the football. They ran for over almost 240 yards, I think. 245. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you don't see that very often in an NFL game, right? But why did they do that? Okay, they did that because if you look at the coverage rates in that game, Buffalo played zone coverage over 78% of the snaps. Buffalo, who was a top 10 team in terms of blitz rate this year, blitzed in that game only 3% of defensive snaps. They played coverage. They played too deep, and they said to Patrick Mahomes, we're not going to let you get explosive plays over the top. So what an Andy reset? okay, if you're not going to walk that safety down, I'm going to hand the ball off. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. Now, the one thing that stands out to me, guys, from that game, Travis Kelsey, we're going to break this down in the matchup show. He had two touchdowns in that game, both versus cover two. The Buffalo Bills, including the playoffs, play more cover two inside the 20-yard line than any team in the National Football League. Andy Reid will have answers down there. And the answer he had in week six – was Travis Kelsey. What did they do with them? They got him isolated versus the Mike linebacker in the middle of the field. Then they threw a corner route. And, you know, that's a basic cover two beater, you know, a deep seven route, I call it, which is a corner route. So they'll have answers for cover two in the red zone. I think that's part of this football game. I do believe Josh Allen will score points. I do believe Patrick Mahomes, if he's up, will score points. Who can win in the red zone? Who can get stops and who can score touchdowns? That's such a key thing when you're playing Kansas City. If you let Kansas City score touchdowns, you're going home. 
So can mm-hmm. Buffalo, with the anticipation that it'll be more zone-based, get to depth, play with alignment, assignment, and responsibility, and keep Patrick Holmes, that offense, out, out of the end zone? Yeah, they're both going to get there. It's both offenses. Uh, but looking at on the defensive side, uh, which offense has the better matchup? Uh, yeah, I, I always, you know, I always say Kansas City, but, you know, Buffalo is really impressive. And, and the thing about, and Ross will remember this name, the thing about Josh Allen, he reminds me, not in terms of the movement ability, guys, in terms of the arm talent and the vertical stretch ability, of playing against Drew Bledsoe. Okay, when we, when we used to play against Drew Bledsoe, if you played cover two at 15 yards, that wasn't, that's like the standard depth. Wasn't good enough. You had to get it. You had to line up at eighteen, because there was always that in the back of your mind, knowing that hey, if Drew wants to throw the ball down the field and over my head, he can do it whenever he wants to. You saw it last week, even in that weather in Buffalo. You know the wind moving all over the place. They still take vertical shots down the field. I think they had got to get a couple of those. They got to get away to find Stephon Diggs and John Brown on vertical stretch opportunities. You can scheme those. You can scheme those opportunities, or you can take the one-on-ones outside. So what is Kansas City? They're a mix. You know, I love their defensive scheme under Spags. They'll play cover two. They'll play two-man. They'll play blitz-man, and they'll send everyone. They're very aggressive in terms of their pressure schemes, but when they play cover two guys, it's Tyron Matthew. Okay, where is Tyron Matthew? That's one thing for Josh Allen in this game. Where is Tyron Matthew? And a lot of times, he's that middle hook, or the, he plays the Mike linebacker position in cover two. That's the interception he had against Baker Mayfield last week. So they show pressure pre-snap. There's guys moving all over the place, and then a lot of late movement in disguise. And the, and the times that Josh Allen has struggled this year, the first Kansas City game, you remember that game against the Tennessee Titans, two secondaries with a lot of late movement in disguise and played zone coverage over the top and don't give them explosive plays. You think in lower scoring games or higher scoring games, Matt? Both games have totals in the 50s. Bucks, Packers, 51 and a half. Bills, Chiefs, 54. What, give me up. I would what take do you that. Think the best Bills. chances of the score being. I think for for uh, Bills, Chiefs, you can see a lot of points, Ross. I really agree in that game. And, and look, as much as I love Leslie Frazier and Spags as defense coordinators, these are these are tough offenses to. To defend just because they have so much explosive play talent at the quarterback position and at the key skill spots in the field. Green Bay, Tampa is interesting to me because I could see a situation where Green Bay wants to run the football. I could really see that. And because their run game is really good. Now, I think it'll be different this week because Levante David and Devin White are two of the best linebackers in the NFL at playing the run in terms of speed to the edge of the formation. They're, you know, if you can't climb up to the second level, Ross, you can't cut these guys off. So what do they do? Maybe we see more duo scheme, which is kind of hard to explain. But, Ross, you know it better than anyone. It's two double teams and let the let the running back read the linebackers or a lot of misdirection, jet movement, pre-snap, try to grab those eyes and those linebackers. But do we get in a situation where that game comes down to run game volume for both sides? Because we know with Leonard Fournette, and we'll see if Ronald Jones is healthy, but with Leonard Fournette, they're going to get carried. They're going to run outside zone out of 12 personnel, Tampa, too. So that's the one game, if you're looking for over-under, and don't put me on the record because I don't want people coming after me, but um, <laughs> <laughs> if we were taking one game that could be lower scoring, I would say yeah. Green Bay and Tampa. 
Uh, they'll, they'll come after us because we were saying the exact same thing earlier on in the show, Matt, so don't worry about that. Uh, how about Mahomes? And obviously, the first thing everybody's saying, second thing, third thing, is about the health. Is he going to be out there? It seems like it. He's three of the five stages through the concussion protocol here on Thursday morning. Sounds like he's going to be out there. But now you've also got that toes clearly right. bothering him on Sunday. Uh, how much are you worried about that toe for him when, when you're trying to figure out what's going to happen in this game? I think you have to be a little bit because his movement traits are excellent. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes has different movement traits than Josh Allen, but he's one of the best scrambling quarterbacks in the NFL too. Patrick Mahomes is excellent at what, third and seven to 10 of getting outside the pocket and picking up the sticks or moving outside the pocket, extending plays. His movement traits are different. A lot of times he's moving to throw. And that's a big part of his game. Look, Andy Reid can scheme up any coverage. We understand that, but, you know, NFL defenses are good, too. They can close those windows, and that's where Mahomes goes off schedule. So you look at that and say, does he have the same movement ability? And that's something to really focus on early in the football game. Um, because if he doesn't, then Andy Reid's going to have to scheme him up with more defined throws. Should be awesome. Matt, who do you like in, uh, in each game? Uh, I just filed my picks for ESPN. I like Kansas City and Green Bay. I do. Uh, I think they're the two best teams in the league right now. Um, but, I, you know, I love Buffalo, too, guys. I, I do. I love that football team. I mean, Why I think do you hate Tampa, Matt? Why do you hate Tampa? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Brady, too. I do. But um, I, I like Green Bay and Kansas City in this one. And and then we get into the big game next in a couple weeks. But uh, to me, they're the two best football teams right now. I think they have the most matchup advantages on both sides of the ball. So the the one result I know Ross is messing with you there, but the one result that would surprise you, I mean, hey, these, these point sp- spreads are three. They're saying it's close to a coin flip here right now. Right. Um, Tampa Bay winning in Lambeau against this Rogers. That sounds like that's the result that would surprise you. I think it would, Joe. I think it would. Now I could I could I see it happen? Sure, sure I could. I could see that happening for sure. But uh, that if you had to pick one game this week now if josh allen goes into kansas city and wins i say you know what that's a really good football team and josh allen was an mvp candidate for a reason you know if tampa goes up to lambo wins that football game and can run the football and pressure rogers like they did in the last game you know i would be a little surprised at Matt Bowen, 41, watch him NFL matchup, read his stuff just filed his picks uh read the breakdowns espn.com uh Best in the business, really breaking down these matchups. Matt, can't wait till uh, we're we're doing a Super Bowl conversation like this. Yep, pretty soon. We'll see what happens this weekend, guys. Thank you, Matt. All right, guys. Thank you. Another terrific visit from our buddy Matt Bowen at Matt Bowen forty one again. Read his work, ESPN dot com. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker here. Coming up next, uh, we'll, we'll get some final plays for Ross. It's uh, last few last few minutes uh, that he'll be on the air here on BetSwest before the games get going for Championship Sunday. So we'll get Ross's official plays next. This is BetSwest on the BetQL Audio Network.